I've been in a number of uh, writers courses in my time and usually one of the subjects that comes up uh, in the discussions is the importance of the opening sentence. Uh, the opening sentence uh, that will grab somebody and uh, leave it so that you can't really put the book down, so intrigued you are to continue. I'm going to read a few uh, famous novels first lines and see what you think of them. George Orwell's 1984. It was a bright cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Grimm's Fairy Tales, Once Upon a Time. The Colour Purple, Alice Walker. You better not never tell nobody but God. See if you know who this one is. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive we're proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. That's J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Catch 22, Joseph Heller. It was love at first sight. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mark 1 verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So Mark's opening sentence is surprising to say the least. He doesn't begin with the nativity. Uh, he takes us back to the prophets uh, and even gives echoes of the Genesis account, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. So this is the second uh, of our four Sundays in Advent and uh, Leading up to Christmas, if you're lighting uh, four candles, uh, traditionally the first one speaks of the promise uh, that Christ would come, also foretelling that he would uh, come a second time. And last week, Helen spoke of the promise given to Abraham uh, and Sarah uh, and their descendants that they would be as numerous uh, as the grains of sand and that through all them, the nations uh, of the earth would be blessed. So today our second candle in the Advent is lit uh, and is supposed to represent the prophets and prophecies of a coming saviour. So as that lit candle uh, represents the light of Christ, let us think about Mark's prologue, the first eight verses of Mark, which as I said earlier begins with the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So I'm going to look at it in three parts. First of all, Mark's prologue, Jesus is the good news. Secondly, Mark's prologue, the prophets are precise. And thirdly, Mark's prologue is personal and direct. So firstly, Mark's prologue, Jesus is good news. Mark is fast out of the blocks uh, in verse 1. He leaves us in no doubt uh, about who he, that he knew who Jesus was. He doesn't begin with the nativity scene. Uh, he begins with the declaration of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For Mark, Jesus is not a great person among people. He is God among people. He is the Christ, God in the flesh, God with us. 
Christ was a Greek word, Christus, uh, that was normally used for the word that we're familiar with, Messiah. Uh, but to add Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in the first sentence is a bold term which goes beyond the properly meaning of the Messiah, which was properly understood to be a person, a human person who would be powerful and political, uh, who would uh, bring deliverance for the people. But Mark in the very first verse claims outright divinity of Jesus Christ, calling him Christus. But then he goes on for even more clarity. Mark asserts uh, that John the Baptist is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. In that famous passage from Isaiah 40 verse 3, prepare the way of the Lord. The word translated Lord in Isaiah is Yahweh. And because Mark is equating John the Baptist with Isaiah's the one uh, crying in the wilderness, it means that Mark is also equating Jesus with Yahweh, the Lord God of Israel himself. So Mark begins the gospel of Jesus Christ not with the nativity, but with the prophets in the Old Testament. Jesus, God with us, is the one to whom all the prophets pointed. So Mark's prologue, the prophets are precise. As it is written in the prophets, it says in our reading, written means fulfilled. Prophets pointed forward to Jesus as the Christ with the assurance of breaking news. Prophets like Micah, in Micah 5 verse 2, uh, written about 700 BC, named Bethlehem as the birthplace. That's precise. He said, but you, but you Bethlehem, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Mark takes the reader, that's us, back to the Old Testament prophets here in our reading in the first few verses. He takes us to Malachi 3 verse 1 and Isaiah 40 verse 3. Malachi, written 300 years BC, said, See, I am sending my messenger who will prepare the way for me. Isaiah 40 verse 3, written 700 years BC, says, In the desert place, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the wilderness a highway for our God. It's very precise. Isaiah 7 verse 14 reports the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. The prophets are precise. It's hard to believe that Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 to 7 was written uh, 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 9 verse 2 speaks of a new day dawning. Hear it again. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned. See, even though the work, the, the world then was a dark place, the, the, the people needed to know that darkness would not have the last word. 
Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Notice this announcement is given as a birth notice. A child is born. So convinced was the prophet of that God's zeal would accomplish it, that he puts it in the present tense. A child is born. Notice also the character of the Christ. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, not mighty person. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is here with us. Emmanuel. Do you feel in turmoil as we enter this Advent season? Uh, you do if your marriage is insecure. You do if your job is insecure. You do if your health is under threat. For example, through the risk of something like COVID or other illness. But darkness will not have the last word. The light of the world has dawned. Emmanuel, God with us. And thirdly, Mark's prologue was personal and direct. Mark abruptly and bluntly says, prepare, prepare. I'm sure like me, most of you have experienced the traffic works up Medina Way on the way to the hospital. Getting stuck there, the roadblocks and resurfacing going on. There's been loads of road jams and things that stop us getting through, particularly if you're trying to get to the ferry on time. Road jams uh, stop us getting through spiritually as well. Stop God getting through to us. So today when we hear the voice of one in the desert crying, prepare the way, get the road ready for our God, it's good to listen, to look at our own life road, our own life journey and see where the road jams are and ask God to help us, to free us from them straight away. By rejecting our sins and by seeking God's forgiveness, we receive peace and freedom and forgiveness that we so desperately need. We know that if we ignore the danger road signs, we do so at our peril. But we seem to have lost that sense of the danger of sin. The pride, and lust and materialism, drink and drugs and other things. These things can take a hold of us and have a power on us. And what the wild man John the Baptist says may seem abrupt to be told to repent, to turn around, to say sorry to God for these road jams may seem harsh, but it is to release us from the grip of those things. It is to save us. Preparing the way gets our lives ready so that God can travel straight into our lives without finding Road jams. Mark 1 verse 3 says, prepare yourself. 
prepare yourself like a road being resurfaced what could he mean this is a very personal part of the prologue even blunt road jams of selfishness traffic jams in the way we love we need to be freed and released into loving kindness thoughtfulness road jams in our honesty because we don't always tell the truth or live truthfully. That needs mending with truthfulness. And more than that, we need a, a personal encounter with Jesus who said, I am the truth. There's perhaps road jams caused by pride that prevents God from getting through to us. Pride which says, I don't need God in my life. I'm all right. Thanks very much. I'm okay as I am. We need to humble ourselves, even to submit to the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So today, when we hear the voice of one from the desert, as it were, shouting, get the road ready for our God, it's a good idea to listen up to take a look, a look at our own life road and see where the roadblocks are and ask God to help us put them straight right away. God with us means if you have invited him into your life, he is within you and he is with you. God with us isn't a religion, it is a person, Jesus and if you think about a close relationship that you have with someone, how it came about, how it develops, spending time talking, caring, sharing. Well, a relationship with Jesus is a bit like that. Will you prepare for him this Advent? Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to you. Amen.